Hello and welcome to Around the Corner. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, what's good? Cleveland's prospects are good. That they are. are really, really good. And they got better. It's something we always like to hear. Now, I know we have uh, a lot to talk about today, and we have some questions as well. Buntotron might even answer some of them. So, without any further ado, I believe it's time to go through our top prospects. As always, Nolan Jones leads the way. Yes, sir. And uh, this past week, uh, from what I remember, he was pretty good. So let me pull that up super quick. But, uh, no, maybe he wasn't so good. (laughs) Uh, He slashed 130, although on base was 259. So he was drawn some walks uh, and slugged 174. So, yeah, not, not his best. He has actually been really, really strong. In the past, uh, you know, few months, uh, it seems like he has figured out AAA pretty well. Uh, did walk four times and did steal another base. I mean, he has been surprisingly deft on his feet lately. Looks like, in, according to BAPIP, he did have some pretty bad luck. Uh, had a BAPIP of 200. So, not going to hold it against him. Uh, the 29% strikeout rate in the past week isn't so great. But uh, he he was still walking at a high clip. So take it and uh, move on, I guess. <laughs> yep. Always going to have a down week on occasion. And I think for a lot of players, how they respond and how they continue to carry themselves during those times tells you a lot. Absolutely. So moving on to number two, this will probably be the saddest part of the entire podcast. If uh, you haven't been paying attention to Indians prospect Twitter in the past you know, week or two, uh, Tyler Freeman, the number two prospect, has been shut down for the rest of the season. If you remember, he was dealing with a shoulder injury and uh, it kept him out for a few weeks, maybe even a month. Uh, he came back and played a few games. Then there was a late scratch and people were panicking uh, that he was getting traded. And I was like, these people are ridiculous. So he was not traded. He just had his shoulder flare up on him again. And they decided to play it cautious and not let him aggravate this thing any worse than it already is. He is not getting surgery or anything as far as I know, but he is not going to play the rest of the season. They are just going to let him heal up and then get ready for next year. So that sucks. He was having a great season in his debut at AA. Uh, Clearly belongs, clearly one of our top, if not the top prospect in the system, and not playing the rest of the year. On the bright side, he's not getting surgery, so just kind of plow ahead and get ready for next year, where he will almost certainly be starting at AAA. Our next player on the list is Mr. Bo Naylor, and he had kind of a weird week. He did. Uh, he had one pretty phenomenal game. Now, I'll let yep. you describe that one. But the other four games sandwiched on either side of it. Uh, yeah, not picked, so great. He, he picked up a hit and a walk. And both of those were in one game. And five strikeouts. So, But the one good game, from what I remember, it was either... The day that Brian Lavastida got promoted to double A or the day after. So 
perhaps sensing that another hot-hitting catching prospect was gaining some uh, attention, uh, Bo Naylor had one of his best games of the season, had two home runs. One of them was a grand slam, and the other one went over the scoreboard in center field. I mean, just annihilated it. Uh, Showcased some nice pop. So he had a very interesting slash of 150, 190, 450 (laughs) for the week. So Power. Yeah, but always nice to see him uh, show some pop. From everything I'm hearing, he is playing well on the season. Not like lights out, you know, his WRC on the season is below 100. But I think if I uh, take out the first month, where he was really getting acclimated. Yeah, it's WRC moves up 20, 20 points. So uh, he definitely has gotten better in the, the since the, the season has uh, come along. Uh, he's not, you know, playing out of his mind. But uh, again, you weren't expecting him to just immediately take over and become one of the best players at AA when he's one of the youngest players there. And besides, there are some major leaguers who make a career out of not playing well until June. (laughs) That's true. I think, uh, what was it? I mean, there's always an excuse for some things, but I think uh, there was always warm weather Edwin, right? Yep. (laughs) Uh, Moving on, we have George Valera, number four prospect in the system. How did uh, George do this past week? I love his week. Um so he had a WRC plus of 153. However, he did not get about this in the usual the usual George Valera way, uh, as he slashed 263, 481 to 368. Um, usually, on base percentage is not more than 100 points higher than your slugging percentage. I'm not angry that he drew seven walks. I'm ecstatic. It's just, is there anything like I? I'm speechless. With excitement. That's all. (laughs) I mean, you got a guy who is 20 years old at high A walking seven times in a week. I mean, that's great. Uh, I mean, even on the season, like the batting average hasn't been elite, but the on-base percentage has been. Uh, He is rocking a career high 17.9% walk rate this season. And his strikeout rate is the lowest it's ever been uh, since he's been on a rookie ball. And the rookie ball lasted uh, six games. <laughs> so I don't even count that. I mean, what more can you ask? He is getting challenged right now by, you know, the toughest competition he's ever faced. And he's walking more than he's ever, like he's almost walking more than he's striking out. That should get people really excited. When you have a guy with the potential for that much power, walking that much on base percentage right now, 405 on the season. So if I'm sure you remember, you know, people were kind of raving about him showcasing some power in when he was in 2019 at Mahoning Valley and his WRC plus is actually a point higher this year than it was then. So this is all very good news. If you're a George Valera fan, I'm interested to see what happens when he makes that crucial jump to double a um maybe it'll be this year (laughs) the way he's playing but i I have a feeling his full run at double a will probably be the start of next year i have no reason to believe that he won't play well but 
I mean, I guess the other thing to consider is that he's doing this after not playing at all in 2020, right? So who knows anymore? Yeah, I, I do think that he does get promoted to double A at some point. We've already seen it. Uh, we'll get to the transactions later. Uh, he is playing well enough to get promoted. Uh, I think the problem was uh, they've been promoting like maybe some college players that were at his level that are older that have also been playing great and also deserve to be promoted. So nothing against George, but I do think his time will come hopefully in the next week or two. I think it'll just depend on what openings are available. Like if something pops up, like somebody gets hurt, I think he's the next man up at this point. It's exciting. Also exciting is the next man on the list, Gabriel Arias. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this kid, what's nuts is he's 21. He's actually, I think, younger than Bo Naylor. And he's at AAA, and he is just performing this season. On the season, WRC Plus of uh, 112 um, with a 353 on base percentage as a 21-year-old at AAA. I mean, that's just sensational. And then uh, in the past week, we have, let's see here, he slashed 269, 321, 538, and that includes a home run, four doubles. Did get uh, two walks and struck out six times in six games. So just a a really strong week. I mean, and this is just the typical week for him. I mean, the only thing that's kind of untypical about it is he's actually been showcasing a little bit more patience at the plate than that uh, throughout the season on on average. I think that's critical for him as he transitions into the majors too. Uh, He does have a career high walk rate this year, but it's 9.9%. Uh, strikeout rates going down, but it's still twenty three percent. These are all great well, considering, trends. <laughs> considering in two thousand nineteen he was at high A, they skipped double A entirely and sent him straight to triple A as a twenty one year old. Right, and that he is posting career high walk rate, career low strikeout rate. I am ecstatic about this kid's potential. Yeah, that is like, a good. I've point. seen some people say that he should be our number one prospect right now. Like I've, I've been seeing that on Twitter and, and I basically follow like a lot of people that are obsessed with prospects just to maybe see something that other people don't see. I'm definitely still excited. And you are right that him skipping double A is absolutely noteworthy. I'm excited to see him continue to develop. I just, he did skip double A. So I, I don't know that there's necessarily a rush given the situation at shortstop on the big league club. That's true. Uh, but I definitely think that he's going to be in serious contention next season for a starting spot, either oh, at yeah. shortstop or second baseman. I mean, I mean, you're going to have a kind of a a big battle there. I mean, you got Rosario, but then you're going to have you know Owen Miller, Ernie Clement, Jimenez, and Arias. I think those are all legitimate players for shortstop and and second base. We should give them all glaives and javelins and just have them duke it out. <laughs> No? Possibly. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll put a pin in it and come back to that one. In the meantime, how is our friend Daniel Espino at number six on our top ten? Okay. He had himself a week. Now, if you remember, he did get promoted to single A. So uh, he has not pitched there for very long yet. But uh, let me see how many times he's pitched there. While you are looking that up, I had the joy of doing the recap for Friday night's games. 
he went four innings and he struck out 12. That is very good, I believe. That is, that's as good as it gets. I mean, striking out every out. Like, literally, they did not need to have defenders. But yes, this was only his, and that was only his third start at high A. So this kid is uh, 20 years old at high A, and he has now had in his two, he's had three starts at high A. One of them was nine strikeouts in four innings, and one was 12 strikeouts in four innings. This kid is a strikeout machine. I think the most exciting thing about the 12 strikeout performance was he only had one walk because walks have been a little bit of an issue for him this year. Have a 12 to one strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, That's going to win you some awards. I mean, this kid at this point is clearly our number one pitching prospect now. Elite. I mean, if it, if it wasn't like it, according to MLB pipeline, he already is. But I mean, if there was any doubt whatsoever, throw that out the window. I mean, he is hundred percent our number one pitching prospect. You've got a kid that can throw a hundred miles an hour as a starting pitcher with a filthy breaking pitch. And he is striking people out like this. Who sign me up. I just signed you up. I hope you're ready. All right. Next up, we got uh, Brian Rocchio and uh, some exciting news for Rocchio. Um, you know, one man's loss is another man's gain. And with uh, Tyler Freeman getting injured, and uh, being shut down for the rest of the season, Rokio was promoted to Double uh, A. So he has now played three games at Double A in the past week. So uh, getting a huge opportunity as a twenty-year-old at Double A. So you know, I was sitting there talking about how Bo Naylor at twenty-one, you know, Double A. You know, what can you expect? And and here's Rokio at Double A at a year younger. So and overall. He's hitting in the past week 200, but has a 478 on base percentage and a 333 slugging. I enjoy so, this. Yeah. So he may have only gone three for 15, but he walked eight times and hit a triple. Uh, I think it should be noted five of those eight walks did happen at single A, but he has had three walks in three games at double A uh, and hit his triple. In his debut, I think it was even the first pitch he saw at Double A, he smacked a triple. <laughs> That's awesome. Lavastida's first pitch he saw was like a an RBI single. Rokio's first pitch he saw was a triple, and uh, Richard Palacios, who also got promoted to Triple A from Double A, uh, I think one of the first pitches he saw was an RBI single. So. A lot of the guys that got promoted had very good debuts this past week. So next up, Aaron Bracco. How did Aaron do this past week? The second baseman slash middle infielder had a decent week. He hit, uh, or slashed rather, 200, 333, 350. Good for a WRC plus of 95. Struck out a little bit too much, uh, but I think that that is not necessarily something that's going to be a major long-term concern for him. I know the rate has been a little bit elevated overall this year, but that's not necessarily something that's been part of his profile in the past. So it sort of makes me wonder if he's just sort of um, trying too hard. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, might be trying to do too much when he gets up there. He's seeing a lot of success from a lot of players that were in his signing class. 
Uh, and he was the headliner. If you remember, he got signed for a bigger, you know, bonus than, than Valera. And he's seen Valera have success. Rokio have success. He's now in double a, uh, you know, Noel was in that class. Uh, Plainez was in that class. Richard Paz was in that class. Um, I mean, it was just a nasty, nasty international class. He, he definitely does seem like he's pressing a little bit this year because he was tremendous when he debuted in 2019. I mean, he started basically a level behind because he was had been injured, and he was so good, uh, immediately bounced right back onto all the top prospect lists. Yeah, he's, he's definitely losing a little bit of luster this season, uh, just not quite to that level that we were expecting. So I'm hoping he can figure it out because, I mean, there's just so much talent there. I'm not concerned yet. Uh, will be interesting to see how he finishes the season, I think. Well, moving on, we've got Ethan Hankins. No big updates in that department. Still recovering from Tommy John surgery. Uh, but then we have Josh Wolf. Do we? Um, yeah, we do. He's still number 10 on our list. He did not have a great week. Excuse me, Brian. He earned a win. We know pitcher wins mean everything. It was his first win. I think of his <laughs> professional career, or at least as a member of Cleveland's organization. Uh, so he went five and a third innings, gave up four runs on seven hits, three walks, uh, struck out six to play devil's advocate. Uh, he was actually pitching very well in his previous starts before this. Um, and, you know, we kind of skipped a week and then last week was just answering questions only so I will give a little bit of a shout out to Wolf's performance that we would have been hyping up in previous weeks. July 25th, he pitched four and two thirds innings, only allowed one run or one earned run on four hits uh, with five strikeouts, although he did walk four. And the week before, I think he should have earned his first win, but the offense didn't show up. He went five innings, gave up one earned run. Struck out six, walked one. One of his better starts of the season. Couldn't quite bring it home. Defense didn't help him either. Uh, I think he gave up two unearned runs, extra unearned runs as well. So so he is, again, very up and down season. Uh, But again, 20 years old, making his full season debut. So I'm going to cut him some slack. Uh, He is still very young uh, and highly projectable and... This will be his upcoming first full offseason working with Cleveland's pitching gurus. So I'm very interested to see what they do with him. Because, yeah, he was kind of brought in, you know, what, late December, mid-December. So it didn't get a ton of time to work with them. I'm not going to cut him slack. I will continue to be irrational, um, overzealous, and totally unfair. Just because. Sorry, Josh. It's a bit, but... Pitch better, dork. Okay, now moving on, we've got our top five performers for the week. Uh, in no particular order, um, John Kenzie Noel. Isn't his middle name Promote This Man? I don't know why they haven't promoted him. It makes no sense. He's killing I mean, I understand. People. I understand that uh, we have a guy, uh, Joe Naranjo, who is was very young to start the year, at, and he's at high A. And he's been doing okay, not great. Uh, And maybe they don't want to cut into his playing time since they both mainly play first base. But Noel has 
done everything you have, could possibly ask for him other than stay healthy for the full season. That is the only thing against him this year is that he's uh, had a couple stints on the injured list. But this past week, he slashed in in six games, 550, 591, 750 with a double and a home run, two walks, had a 262 WRC+. You know what's crazy about that 550 batting average? It's not even that far off of his season batting average. <laughs> what is he hitting for the season? On the season, he's a he's right there with freaking Ted Williams. 377. I don't know what else to say except that this dude hits the ball 118 miles an hour off the bat and he's in the low minors destroying people. Which is fun, but these are little league numbers. This is like all the 10 year olds show up and one of them's already six feet tall for some reason and can throw the ball over the outfield fence from home. It, it's insane on the season. His WRC plus is 195. And, and I was wrong, by the way, uh, I was also including his brief uh, rehab stint in the complex league in those numbers. So if you take that out, his average at high at low A, which is a stronger league, is 397 on the season. He's hitting 397. Surely he can find three more points of batting average. He oh he's let me check. He is on a ridiculous hitting streak at the moment, too. What was it? It's on here somewhere. 13 game hitting streak. Well, let's keep it up. Let's have a hitter who's Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's he's only, what, 27 away from Mejia? So I think he also had a pair of home runs with like 116 exit velocity or higher that were almost 500 foot each. I mean, the dude just rakes. I know that he's only at low A, but they had better protect him in the rule five draft or he's getting Santander'd. I'm calling it right now. Do not let this man go unprotected in November. So one quick aside that I want to bring up is I saw someone mention that there may actually be a little bit of strategy in keeping guys lower in the system who are rule five eligible simply because it may keep teams from attempting to go after that player. Does that seem to make sense to you? A little bit, but I mean, Santander was in single A. I mean, he was in high A, not low A, and and they took him and he was hurt. I mean, I mean, maybe that's even an incentive to, to uh, cuz you can hide him on the disabled list for a big portion of the season. I can understand it, but I mean, at this point, he needs to be promoted. I mean, he has nothing left to prove at low A. Absolutely nothing left to prove. And I think he should be jumping up at least 10 to 15 spots in the prospect rankings. I would think so after this. Uh, another player returning to our top five performers yet again, who will probably continue to crime. I don't think he'll continue to crime. He will continue to climb the prospect rankings. Brian Lavistada. Lavastida. Yeah, Lavastida. Uh, yeah, five games, went eight for 19, slashed uh, 421, 478, 579, uh, with three doubles, a home run, six walks, and a hit by pitch. Uh, I think 
perhaps the most exciting thing about that was this also includes a promotion to double A. So he did not slow down. Uh, in fact, I think he's hitting even better at double A uh, since being promoted. And he also is on uh, a nice little hitting streak of like seven or eight games. So, I mean, the dude is having a breakout season. I mean, he's already been having really strong seasons uh, in the past, but I mean, he is kind of cementing himself uh, as a serious prospect in Cleveland system. Cause I'm also hearing that he's great defensively as well. And that might even be the biggest improvement in his game. So, I mean, that's just nuts. I mean, this dude is tremendous. I mean, you look at his stats, every level he has hit, even when, you know, he debuted as a rookie and I think it was one of the first years he ever even caught. And he sla- he had a 133 WRC plus. Um, then the next year he starts out, I think at Mahoning Valley, 165 WRC plus gets promoted to uh, single A, 162 WRC plus. Then this year starts out at high A, 136. And now in his three games at double A, 233 WRC plus. So, I mean, the dude is just a beast. Yeah, he is tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. So our, our next selection for the highest honor that the podcast can bestow was Richard Paz. And I don't know too much about him as a prospect, but uh, 500, 600, 833 as a slash line speaks to me. <laughs> uh, he also has been showing some nasty power. Um, from what I mainly know uh, is he was kind of slow in the developmental process. Uh, they kept him in the Dominican leagues for a while. Uh, I think in 2019, or 2018, he was in the Dominican Summer League. 2019, he was again in the Dominican Summer League. But then he played well enough to get promoted to Arizona. But then two years later, he's starting again at Arizona. Uh, he also was in that class with Valera, but he's still in Arizona at the moment. He's just turned 20 years old, though. So he's a little bit younger. I don't know if he's Rule 5. I think he's Rule 5 eligible. But it could depend on when he started playing uh, or maybe just if they had to sign him a little bit later since he was a little younger. Uh, I mean, he'd, he would be safe to leave unprotected at this point. I mean, even if he is Rule 5 eligible. But, you know, he is having a great season. Uh, you know, that Mikhail or Michael Ramirez guy that was just raking at Arizona that was, you know, I think batting like 450. <laughs> he got promoted up to uh, Lynchburg. So now Paz is getting all the playing time at catcher. And so far, I think he's, he's bashed five home runs in 11 games. So it's his WRC plus, And this is just for the whole season is 243. Are they just stamping out catchers who rake? Like <laughs> yeah. There's an assembly line somewhere. This is, this is the same thing that happened two years ago when all the middle infielders started showing up. I'm not mad. Yeah, so, so all the people that are saying they only focus on middle infielders, pay attention to all these catchers. I mean, it is nuts how good our catchers are right now in the minor league system that they were even able to trade one away. Uh, so, But we'll get to that one, you know, uh, have our little funeral for favorite uh, catching prospect, but we'll get there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, Richard Pez having a monster season, and should probably be promoted very soon again. 
this this moves us along to the second to last in no particular order of our top five performers. But I wish to ask you, would you like to gush over Mika Priest in this section or the next section? I'll save it for the, the Carne- Carnegie cupboard because it makes me look smarter. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, I, I will just briefly say he had a great week. And when he's been healthy this season, he has been incredible. It's just he's been hurt twice, which has hurt him, just like Noel. At least Priest got promoted, but that's understandable because he is a college bat, I think. The fact that he got promoted and is still doing this is tremendous. So more on Priest very soon. And our last guy is Hunter Gaddis. Uh, We had a little bit of a chat before we started the podcast. Uh, The one true Logan Allen. Logan T. Allen was considered, but we tossed it to Hunter Gaddis. In his start, he had six innings pitched, only gave up two hits, struck out six, walked a couple guys, but no earned runs. Yeah, you you go six shutout innings with six strikeouts and only allow four base runners. That is a rock solid start. Uh, one of his best starts of the season. Uh, he's been a little bit inconsistent this year, but uh, he has really been showing some nice signs of late. So. Uh, very excited to see what Hunter Gaddis can continue to do. Uh, it definitely seems like he is a guy with some potential. Um, just needs to be a little bit more consistent. But uh, he keeps pumping out starts like this. So I think people are going to take more notice of him. Moving on, we've got the Carnegie Cupboard. So I guess, Do I uh, have to do this section this week? <laughs> you too. I'm sorry. All right. It was not a great week for you. So Clark Scolomiero went 0 for 13 with 8 strikeouts. He did draw a walk and then scored. So we're going to focus on that that walk. Great patience at the plate, kid. Way to get around the bases. Let's go. I like it. He did get promoted. Uh, we'll touch on that in a moment when we do transactions. And Eric Mock still has not pitched in some time. Hey, that happens. Um, Indeed. Uh, <laughs> no. Not my best uh, showing. My, yeah, not your best. But hey, you know, they can't be great always. Uh, unfortunately, you know. Michael Priest, unless you're Michael Priest and Francisco Perez. I mean, <laughs> my two is. players. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Michael Priest, uh, let's get to the stats since we were hiding them in the, the top five performers. But in five games, he went nine for 21, slashed 429, 455, 667 with two doubles, a home run, a stolen base, had a 204 WRC plus. He was tremendous. So. I am a big fan of Micah Priest. He, he reminds me of, you know, several of those, you know, advanced college bats that raked at the lower levels. Now, sometimes those guys slow down a little bit when they get up to double A, triple A, but he has shown no signs of slowing down after his, his uh, most recent promotion. So that was really, really exciting news. And with Francisco Perez, Mr. Consistent, uh, he had two appearances in the past week. Uh, totaling three innings pitched um, and three shutout innings with four strikeouts, although he did give up uh, two hits and two walks, but kept them all off the scoreboard. So another tremendous uh, outing or pair of outings from Francisco Perez. On the season, um, he is... I'll just say since being promoted to AAA, even, uh, he has had 11 appearances, holds a 208 ERA, 
and is striking out batters at a rate of uh, 13 per nine innings. So really doing a good job. Uh, Has not shown too much of a sign of slowing down despite the promotion. So he is definitely somebody that, again, 40-man roster crunch, I think they're going to have to protect him in November or somebody's taking him. Yeah. Like somebody could use him as a reliever next year and or a starter. I mean, he has a long history of starting before this season. So, all right. Uh, Next up, we've got our transactions. Now, all the transactions we have listed are old ones, but I do have them uh, pulled up here. Um, So let's get started. We have several. Um, Will Brennan, who was having a great season in Lake County, was promoted to Akron. Uh, This one is not a huge surprise, but Cody Morris, who has been tremendous since being activated from the injured list in Akron, got promoted to Columbus. Uh, Daniel Schneeman, one of my favorite names in Cleveland's minor league system, placed on the injured list with a right finger strain. Um, Mike Rivera, catcher, was promoted to Columbus from Akron when uh, they decided to make it was kind of a move. When they moved up Lavastida, they didn't need another catcher. And Rivera, who was a former, I think, second or third round pick, uh, is now in in Columbus. Uh, what else? Aaron Pinto activated off the seven-day injured list. Uh, Juan Moda was promoted to Columbus from Akron. Um, let me find the individual transactions. Um, Marcos Gonzalez was activated off the injured list. Uh, Cam Hill uh, was activated off the injured list and then optioned to Columbus. Uh, he helped us last year. He was the one that had the, the car accident in the offseason. So he is officially pitching right now. Uh, and then the other big transaction was we did lose a prospect and gained a couple. Um, if you were paying attention to the trade deadline, we traded away several players Uh, off of the active roster in Cleveland, but we also did trade away a a catcher, and it was Yaner Diaz, uh, who was having a very strong season at low A Lynchburg. And as much as it pains me to say it, I think it was a good move because we already have Lavastida that we need to protect next year for for this upcoming season for the Rule 5 draft. And you also would have had to protect uh, Yainer Diaz. So it removed a player that needs to be protected. Um, So I hate to lose him, but as you guys have been hearing, we have so many catchers who rake right now. So many really good catchers in our system. So we can afford to lose him. Again, and he's going to the Astros, which really sucks, because I just don't want to see... Yainer Diaz just mashing against us in future years. At least it's not in our division, but it is still in the American League. Um, And then in terms of prospects we gained, uh, the most notable one was from Tampa Bay. We got Peyton Battenfield. Um, He is a 23-year-old right-handed pitcher. Um, He was drafted in the ninth round uh, in 2019. 
um, has a very highly rated fastball, cutter, control, curveball change. Like everything's 50, rated 50 or better on the 80 grade scale. Um, so, I mean, this dude uh, looks like he could be a legitimate, solid starter. So I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. Um, and then the other one we got was from the White Sox. Uh, and that was in the Cesar Hernandez trade. And I got to get his name here because I forget it. But he also was really interesting. Um, Connor Pilkington. That's who it is. Um and let me pull up his stats. He was having a really good season. Uh, he also made a really good first start, if I recall correctly. It might have been today. Oh, let's see. I was on the Twitters. I, I know somebody just made their debut with Cleveland, but uh, Pilkington, if he did start, it was today because uh, his most recent start was the 25th. So it would make sense that he should have at least started by now uh, yes but... sorry i just found it from justin Lotta. he struck out okay. nine over five innings allowing Ooh. a run on three hits not a bad way to debut in akron yeah that's a season high in strikeouts so hell yeah so but yeah overall on the season he has been terrific um had a, a k through nine uh over 10 on the season his walk rate is near a career low at three uh, per nine and uh, having a strong ERA of 3.48. I think the only issue is he's elevated his uh, home run rate this year. But yeah, but in terms of strikeouts, I mean, he's he's really impressing. Um, so yeah, I like what I see with this guy. I mean, this is a guy that could absolutely help us. Um, yeah, he was a pretty highly rated uh, high school pitcher in the 2018 draft. And I think he was the third round pick by the White Sox. So uh, after a rough, you know, kind of, I think he lost his luster a little bit in 2019 because he didn't pitch particularly well at high A. but uh, the fact that he's pitching well at double A this year is very promising. So, so I'm definitely excited about him. Uh, the only issue honestly with Pilkington is that we also have to protect him <laughs> in the rule five draft, but, uh, we do not have to protect Battenfield. He, he has one more year yet before uh, we have to protect him. So that was probably the biggest thing in collecting Battenfield was, uh, we saved at least one extra spot on the roster crunch. Excellent. So I believe that brings us to some listener questions, correct? Now we don't, Hmm. I have been thinking I enjoyed the mailbag so much. Um, I plan, I don't plan. When have I ever planned something? Jesus, I didn't even plan this. I'm just saying it and listen to me ramble. This is incredible. I recommend, um, and offer this to the fandom, all 12 of you, would it make sense, and Brian, I'm also asking you live, and now I'm just going to make a long story short and say, what if we alternated weeks of coverage with weeks of mailbag? I'm okay with that. We can kind of throw in uh, a lot of these questions to next week, I guess. 
which I don't want to ignore all of them. And certainly I don't want to ignore any of them, but we got some really good, like more in-depth questions. And I hate to just try to answer them quickly at the end of the podcast. Um, one that I did want to talk about today came from Ryan Propst on Twitter. How far legitimately is Valera away from the show? Well, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, that Valera could be promoted to double A right now. He deserves it. He's playing well enough to do it. So I think he is double A level at the moment. And when you're double A, I mean, you're close. You're a year away. So he could be a September call up next year, depending on how well he plays. Now, is that likely? I don't know. I mean, he is getting added to the 40 man roster this off season. So, I mean, it's, could happen at any point after this upcoming November. Uh, it just depends on his development. If he can continue to drop the strikeout rate up the walk rate as, and then, and continue to flip bats. I mean, I don't know how they can deny him. He's too so, exciting. He's too much fun. Yeah. I mean, he is definitely a candidate for end of the season, 2022, or I would say most likely. And again, this factors in on if it even exists, but the, uh, what do you call it? The thing that happens in June that they get an extra arb year or whatever. The Super 2 deadline? Yeah. Or after Super 2 2023. Again, that may not even exist because they are negotiating a new agreement. And I would assume that a lot of that BS is going to get tossed out because it really infuriates a lot of the superstar prospects you know, like Chris Bryan and all them. So it may not even exist, but I would say worst case scenario post super two 2023. That's, I think that's a good, a pretty good estimate. My half serious, half kidding guess is that he opens the 2024 season as a starting outfielder after a lengthy lockout. Ooh. Why I, not go for the, I will definitely say this 2024. He will open the season as a starting outfielder in Cleveland, but he may get called up before then. It just sort of depends on how he develops and how players currently in the yeah. system continue to perform or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great so question. Love it, that one. Indeed it was. Um, one question we got in because I did say that at least one would be answered by Buntotron was who has the best bunt tool in Cleveland's minor league system? So I ran this by Buntotron, and its response was, Play our games in the month of March to find out. Here's the complete list of minor leaguers who've recorded multiple or multiple hundred bunt hits in 2017. 532 games played. Ken Lee Jansen, Dodgers. 441 bunts. Period. So we'll continue to work on Buntotron, as that was utter nonsense and completely pointless. One other question I do want to get to this week, and apologies to Pat, Jamie, Winston, a um, couple of other folks who ask questions too. We will get to these, but most likely next week in mailbag to Oscar Gonzalez or Nolan Jones. Who is more deserving of a September call-up? I like this question from Scott Brady. I think it's a fun one to a talk good question. through. Um, and I would say uh, Nolan Jones. I mean, he has started the year in uh, AAA. He's been... Gonzalez started the year at double A. Um, and then also in terms of performance, 
Uh, Oscar Gonzalez is playing well, but his WRC plus at AAA since being promoted, and he has been there 23 games now, so that's not a small sample size anymore, uh, but 101. So he is just barely above the average player at AAA, which is pretty impressive, honestly, concerning the last time he got promoted midseason. This was back in 2019, where he started the year raking at high A, with a 129 WRC plus, and then he got promoted to double A and in 29 games, he had a 37 WRC plus. Yeah, it was not pretty. So, and that, and also from 2019, two years later, he's still at double A. So, I mean, stagnated a little bit, but then this year starts at double A, doesn't complain, posts a career high 5.5% walk rate, Strikeout rate drops or uh, eight to eighteen percent, and has a one fifty seven WRC plus at Double A. I mean, absolutely hundred percent deserved to be promoted. And while the numbers are not quite as good uh, since being promoted, uh, he is still playing very very well. So to be above average at Triple A um, as a twenty three year old, I mean that's great, um, and. You know, slash line isn't too bad. You know, 284 with 315 on base and 455 slugging um, has four home runs at AAA now. Um, So, yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, I definitely hope they at least protect him in this. uh, I I know he hasn't been protected the last, like, two times I think he was Rule 5 eligible. But, again, they don't protect him. Somebody's taking him. I'm calling it now. And so I believe... That brings us to the end of this week's edition of the podcast, does it not? Yes, it does. And I, I and I want to apologize because I was saying Nolan Jones is the one that's going to deserve to be called up, and then I just raved about Oscar Gonzalez the whole time. <laughs> With well, no support like, whatsoever for Nolan Jones. <laughs> I feel like Jones is a known entity, yeah. and he has performed so well so long that his deservingness is built up over time yeah oscar and, gonzalez and has say, been flaming hot yeah recently but he needs a little bit more of a track record i think yeah and i will say nolan jones on the season has a wrc plus of uh 101 exactly the same as oscar does at uh since he's been promoted but uh nolan's i think 110 after the first month of the season so uh, he has been getting better at AAA, so definitely deserves it. Uh, he's 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 having a solid year. Uh, strikeout rate isn't where we want it to be. I think he is almost career high strikeout rate, but walk rate has been excellent again. So I mean, the dude is still getting on base at a really good clip. A power hitter who sees the ball well will figure it out. <laughs> I'm excited. Absolutely. Yep. So, without any further ado. I believe it's time for a selection from Poet Laureate of the podcast, E.E. Gammings. Are you ready, Brian? I'm ready. I lust for Jorge Mateo. But the thing is, this stanza is so nice. So all-star. I undisputably am amused by it. I honor it so much. 